Welcome to Shading Someone on Your Ballot, a voters' education podcast, powered by Pod Machine and Lente, in partnership with Meta. For this episode, we will talk about online safety during elections. We've invited special guests to talk about how we can assure that our accounts are not compromised, along with taking control of the ads we see on both Facebook and Instagram. Let's begin. First and foremost, let's introduce our special guests for today's episode, starting off with Executive Director of Foundation for Media Alternatives, Ms. Lisa Garcia. Hi, Ms. Lisa. Hello, Cara. Nice to be here on this podcast. So nice to have you. Thank you so much for making time, and it's so nice to meet you. Up next, we have Head of Politics and Government Outreach, Asia-Pacific Meta, Mr. Roy Tan. Hi, Roy. Hello. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Happy to have you here. Thank you so much to the both of you for making time. Welcome to this show. How are you both doing so far? Uh, well, it's Monday now and it's a good start to the week so far. That's good to know. Miss Lisa, how are you? Same here. Well, it's Monday, but I'm looking forward forward to Thursday because it's a holiday already. <laughs> I love that. I, I love agree. that energy. Okay, well, please tell us a little bit about your organization and what it is that you do. Um, maybe please start with Miss Lisa. Okay, so I'm connected with an organization called Foundation for Media Alternatives, or FMA. We are not a media organization, but we are a non-government organization that looks into um, issues of in- information and communications technology, or ICTs, and how they intersect with human rights. So we assist groups and movements in their strategic and appropriate use of ICTs for empowerment and democratization. Uh, we do um, research, uh, advocacy, capacity building on issues such as gender and ICT, privacy and data protection, online freedom of expression, digital security, and internet governance, among others. Love that. So excited to start this conversation with you. Thank you so much. How about you, Sir Roy? Um, yeah, well, so I'm in Meta, uh, the company behind Facebook, Instagram, and you know some of the apps that you may or may not use. And uh, yeah, so I'm in a politics and government outreach team. And what I do is to engage both political and government stakeholders on how best to use our platforms. You know, of course, during uh, electoral periods, I'm always quite involved uh, in supporting a lot of the work uh, that candidates uh, or election regulators may have uh, when engaging on our platforms. So really happy to be here. Thank you. And and like I said earlier, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I may have too many questions. Please stop me if I go a little overboard. But all right, let's start with... Um, Online safety concerns. So it's expected for this election to instigate heated conversations. But with social media at play, it's especially hard to monitor and control the fire. There's been cases of account hacking, impersonation, cyberbullying, and online harassment since the 2016 elections. And if I may add, I am currently experiencing this personally right now. Let me start with Miss Lisa. What are the biggest concerns for online safety during the election season? 
Um, I, I think I can cite um, a few. Of course, um, number one, there's disinformation and misinformation. There's just so much information available to us, especially on social media. And, you know, we have to be critical. We have to uh, know what these um, posts are, uh, which of these are factual, which of these are not, which of them are false. Uh, this information and misinformation also can come from a lot of sources, even pages or channels that used to be, let's say, dedicated to other things like showbiz, maybe cooking shows or gaming. Um, they have started actually sharing and posting political content these days. That is what we have observed. And, and some of them are, you'll see that some of them are favoring some candidates. Of course, you, you still have the, 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 the trolls, the supporters of some political candidates who are uh, spreading some falsehoods. And there are also influencers who are, um, you know, uh, posting political content. Number two, as a gender rights advocate, um, I am most concerned about gender disinformation. So uh, you see our um, women political candidates are being attacked left and right. Uh, they're saddled with, you know, with fake news about themselves, about their families. They're being threatened. There's a lot of hate speech against them. And, and women candidates are made to appear that they do not deserve to uh, run because, uh, in fact, they're women. Uh, President Duterte said that women are not fit for the presidency. Um, uh, there are, um, how would you say it? They are being um, made to look like they're not intelligent and not trustworthy. And then there's the use of deep fakes, you know, to they're being used to make it appear that women are libidinous, you know. They, they show some of their uh, images, uh, videos, on, on even on porn sites. So it's not just the women political candidates, even the women um, supporters and volunteers of candidates, children of candidates get attacked as well. There's this um, hate speech and harassment online, which is really a cause of concern. We've, at FMA, we've been looking at this even prior to the elections, the, this um, online gender-based violence. And what is sad is that, you know, this may lead to, this, this can cause harm. They may lead to psychological and emotional harm, and they can even lead to physical violence, no? especially if there's instigation. Now, the other thing that we should be concerned about is the um, issue of um, identity theft and trolling. I'm sure Roy is um, knowledgeable about this, you know, several fake accounts on social media that are posting misleading information, fake followers. We see that a lot. Um, of course, the issue of privacy, we should be concerned about that as well, because there's so much of our personal information that is available uh, during these elections from the time that we register, during the campaign period, when there are poll surveys, you know, uh, during the voting itself, the transmission of votes and the counting of elections. You know, there's a lot of our personal information that is out there. And we should be concerned, we should watch out that they are not misused and abused. For instance, there are mock um, online polls collecting personal information, no? getting your, your name, your date of birth, your address, your, your contact details, and they don't even disclose what this uh, uh, data will be used for. So I think that our social media platforms will have their hands full this election period. I completely agree. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. And, you know, I've been seeing a lot of fake polls as well. And if I just may add, I was saying earlier, there's something, uh, you know, I, I kind of have a little bit of personal um, experience in this as I am, 
I'm marrying a man <laughs> whose family is into politics. And, you know, I'm here right now with where they are in the local government. And I'm seeing even I, because I'm married to him, nagawa na ko ng fake account. I, I, you know, somebody created a fake account of mine and used it to, to vote in polls and even have fake conversations in the fake polls that they started making. And then they, they've been posting all these fake chats pretending to be people who work for the LGU and speaking as those people. And it's just getting so dangerous. And I can't, I can understand how this can be so detrimental to our, you know, the people's mental health. And how do we even deal with this? It's completely, it's a powerful, powerful thing that's happening around us. that's completely out of our control. And I'm sure Meta, my gosh, you have so much on your hands right now. Is there anything else that you would like to add, um, Sir Roy, uh, with regards to like the biggest concerns for online safety uh, during this season? Well, um, where do I start? <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a long list. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure like in, in the follow-up questions, we'll go into some detail. But, you know, especially for the upcoming elections, uh, you know, we, we've done quite a lot. You know, I, I can just rumble on about a lot of the key things that we have done. But in honesty, I think when you talk about misinformation, when you talk about, you know, folks out there getting the correct source of, of information, I think one of the key things that we have worked with uh, is with Comelec, uh as well as, um, you know, some other, uh, you know, stakeholders, uh, you know, on, on a civic education campaign. Um, so I think Lente is, is one of them. And, and, you know, we've been trying to push that out uh, through, you know, various platforms, various marketing channels. Um, so that's something that, you know, we knew that we had to ensure, you know, we, we do early on and, and we have done. Um, another thing on, on you know, c- civic uh, engagement is also working with Internews uh, in the Philippines to uh, launch a, a fact-checking incubator to get more fact-checking sources up, right? And uh, because, you know, at, at, uh, at Meta or Facebook, you know, how we um, try to give credible sources is that we get fact-checkers to fact-check what is right and what is wrong. And, you know, if, if something's wrong, we, we will put an overlay. People will know it's wrong. And, and, um, and, and these particular posts will also get demoted. So that's some of the things that have been really important for us in terms of digital engagement uh, and, and digital literacy. Um, but also, you know, as, as uh, late as last week, you know, we've also announced some other additional efforts. Um, we have actually removed a whole lot of uh, harmful networks. So some of the, uh, maybe what you're saying just now about your know, network spreading a lot of different misinformation troll, troll farms and all that. So we've actually uh, we've actually taken down a whole bunch of uh, inauthentic engagement. Hopefully that has cleaned up some, if not all, uh, of of the things that people are seeing. And uh, you know we we continue to do that, right? So it's the work is never done. So uh, we're still investigating. We still take down. Uh, just because we don't announce it doesn't mean we, we aren't taking down, you know, fake accounts uh, and, and misinformation. Right. So, that's great yeah. to know. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, and, and that's why these conversations are so important, um, especially right now, so that more people will be aware of this because not a lot of people know about that. Right. That there are actually companies being hired to spread out disinformation. And is there just an an additional question to, I guess, to the both of you? Is there a way to spot a fake, a fake account? Is is there, I don't know, I guess a faster way to spot it. So I think so. So maybe this is where um, I'll speak a bit about my our transparency products. Right. Because I think it's about learning and be de- being discerning online. And it's not just about Facebook or Instagram, it's about any other digital platform, right? Mm-hmm. I think 
you know, in an in online environment, we need to be discerning uh, about the things and sources that we look at. Uh, and hence, the digital literacy kind of um, uh, outreach that we've been uh, trying to push out. But some of the key things that people can really take note of is, for example, information about the page, right? So if they go, if they, if they go to a page on, on Facebook, they go to the About section, we have this thing called page transparency, where it, it shows very clearly the date the page was created, um, the primary countries where the page is managed. You know, for, so for example, it's predominantly pushing out uh, Filipino news, but the admins are all from Macedonia. You know, that's, that's a problem, right? You know, how, how credible are the sources? Um, the number of people, of course, who manage from, from which country we have that. And even the, the name changes, right? Lisa mentioned just now there were like potentially um, uh, other pages, which uh, maybe were K-pop pages and they started pushing out a lot of information about you know, the elections and maybe even changed their name. So you're able to see that uh, and the page transparency. And we have taken down quite a lot of these pages for violating our policies, but there are some around. Um, and, you know, they, they, whether or not it's a group or page, you can actually see the history. So under the, the, the transparency. And that kind of informs people, you know, what's going on, right? There's something weird and dodgy maybe about the page. Similarly, if, if pages have merged together, we we'll also have that in the page history. So all that is actually very transparent to see. Uh, and, and, you know, thanks to, to, to for you, uh, um, to you to have me down here so I can help educate people. So page transparency in the about section, uh, it's a very important um, area in the page to actually go in and look um, to help discern, you know, the credibility of that particular page maybe that, that, that you're getting your news from. Mm-hmm. Page transparency and about section. Got it. Okay. But you're right. The thing is like, not everybody will take the time to do that. Right. Like people just read through the comments and will believe whatever is being talked about. Right. The conversation down there is to them that that's enough, but see, you have to be more discerning, check the about section and the page transparency. Thank you very much for clearing that up, Roy. I will have a lot more questions in store for you later on, but let me go back to Miss Lisa. What impact can these occurrences have on the election process? Yeah. The thing is that there have been studies uh, um, conducted and, and they show that um, falsehoods travel faster than lie. So, and also if we keep on seeing, you know, if you keep on seeing, if you keep on reading, listening to false narratives, then people might tend to believe that uh, that is true, especially if it is something that is being shared by your family members, by your friends and people that you know. So the, 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 the narrative that is being peddled here might influence um, somebody's thinking. If, let's say, you're already um, dead set on voting for a certain candidate, but if you hear all these um, other narratives, perhaps your decision might be swayed. So kawawa naman din tayo if we make the wrong decisions on who to vote, because this will actually affect our future. No? I was actually listening the other day to a conversation. Uh, no, it's a discussion. Um, it's a uh, Professor Gao of uh, UP Mass Communications. And she, uh, she was uh, mentioning about their study on digital platforms. And one of their findings is that um, there are those who have invested on this information for years on social media. And then, you know, if it's been years, you know, it can yield some social capital already. It, you know, they're trying to prime voters on, on, on to lean towards certain candidates, to, to believe certain types of information, build empathy with, with some people. And, and this is really 
I think this is concerning. We should be concerned about um, issues like this. And then the other thing, I think um, uh, if we talk about the impact, well, perhaps the issue of trust here. Um, uh, what happens is that sometimes um, uh, people lose trust in some institutions. For instance, uh, media uh, the media. Some people think that media is no longer credible because uh, the, what they um, publish is contrary to what they believe in. So if we do not trust media, if we do not trust some of these institutions, then who would we, do we trust? Exactly. Isn't it so scary? Oh my goodness. And they've even resorted to creating fake media accounts, especially in the LGUs. And then they, they, they pose as the other candidates. <laughs> it's so Scheming, oh my god. And you have okay, all these uh, experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying my very best not to say too much because oh my gosh. Okay. Uh but do we, Miss Lisa, do we have the capacity to limit or avoid hacking, cyberbullying, impersonations on online platforms? Of course, um, yeah. Uh, we do. I mean, to a certain extent, yes. Um, as Ray mentioned earlier, digital literacy helps. Uh, there are safety tools available courtesy of our social media uh, companies. And I suppose Ray can tell us about them later on. Then there are many tips that we can find online about digital safety. There's fact-checking. You know, you can check your privacy settings, have strong passwords, passphrases for each of your account, change them regularly, things like that, multi-factor authentication, encryption, etc. Um, there are many things that you can do actually to, to safeguard yourself. But what we at FMA are saying as well is that there is no 100% uh, foolproof uh, way to avoid all this, especially if you are really being targeted. They can always attack you or just annoy you. It's so annoying. <laughs> I think people really just have to figure out a way to not allow this to hurt their mental health because a lot of people are engaging so much in all this this disinformation and all the fakery online. And it's really getting to them. And and you have to realize that there are big institutions that have your what Miss Lisa just said have created this they took care, they've been taking care of this for years to be able to use it as a tool and even as a weapon during election season. And people need to know that. And people need to be more aware and more careful on social media because of that. And I asked you that question earlier. How do you decipher if an account is a troll? So you, say, you said two things, uh, Suroi, you mentioned the, uh, the page transparency and the account information. But are there also like some a little bit more obvious um, signs? Like I myself have done a little bit of investigation because like I said, <laughs> um, we were experiencing it personally, but I've like done some, like I would click on the profile and when you see their profile it's all just shared random shared videos all throughout and then all of the accounts were created in march 2021 or december 2021 um are those legit like are those actual signs that those are fake accounts so it's it's quite hard to to discern like just just from an example that you gave me right but um you know if 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 um you actually turn up your privacy settings uh, on the account quite uh, quite high or the, to the highest, your account can almost look as though it's a new account uh, to people going into it, right? Because I can't see your profile picture or I can't see your pictures, I can't see your friends, I can't see anything you've posted. It's almost as though it looks like a new account. 
So, you know, we have gotten a lot of people in the past telling us, hey, this is a fake account. You know, can we review it? And, and we do review it. And actually on the back end, it's, it's a fully populated account and he's doing a lot of other things. And, and so, it can, you know, our privacy settings are that good in that sense, right? They literally keep a lot of your things private to, to the general public. So look, it's hard. But, but I think, you know, what, what we do always recommend is that if you find that there are certain people that keep on coming back uh, and engaging and maybe trolling, uh, you know, maybe, maybe block them, right? And, and uh, you know, maybe even report them, report the account as potentially fake because we do review every single report and you don't need to mass report. One report will get it reviewed, all right? So I know... I know it's a it's a it's a lovely myth that keeps on going around in the Philippines. That you should ma- you should mass report. That's a myth, all right? That that's uh, let me dispel the the the, the, uh, the myth. Uh, there's no such thing. So all you need is report it at least once, and we will review it. And if it violates and, and if it violates our community standards, our policies, we will take it down. So you don't have to mass report. Mass reporting is actually fake. It doesn't work. And the way our systems work, we actually don't take into account mass reporting. Uh, people think we do, but the way our systems work, kind of prevent that from happening. Um, so that, so that's, that's a few things, but I think also, you know, some of the things also we're doing, you know, we, Lisa spoke about you know, female politicians, you know, some of the things that uh, additional tools that politicians, in, including female politicians have gotten in recent times is that a lot of them are now on what we call the new pages experience. So it's a new look and feel of, of for pages. Uh, it looks slightly newer on the front end, but on the back end, there's a lot of changes. And one of the key things that, that we have, one of the key tools is that you can actually block people and any new accounts they create. So imagine a troller. Trollers love to you know, troll and then you block them, but they come back and create a new account and continue trolling. So one of the new tools is that you can block them and any new accounts they create. So that prevents them from coming back. Uh, and there's also a whole lot of new tools, moderation tools that we have actually released called Moderation Assist uh, and, and this is for new pages experience that allows you to you know, moderate against um, comments which have uh, or accounts which comment which are let's say um, less than a week old. They may have no friends or minimal friends. Uh, they don't have a profile picture. So a lot of these kind of potential signals from potential trolling accounts, right? So um, there's a lot more moderation tools that we have given to you know uh, political stakeholders. Female politicians are definitely key. Uh, and, you know, hopefully they are using it and hopefully they find it useful because at least in, in some of the, uh, you know, uh, feedback that I've gotten in recent weeks, I think it's been very useful for the folks that I've engaged. Uh, it's, it's a real new tool, just about three weeks launched. So, um, so things like that, we are launching new things. We're giving people the tools to keep themselves safe and to prevent, you know, certain, certain type of behavior on the comments. I see. Now, apart from all of those things, which is already quite a lot that you've mentioned about how Facebook or Meta is keeping, you know, its users safe online. Are there other actions that you've, extra actions that you've taken to keep, um, you know, users safe? So, um, look, how users can keep themselves safe, the best thing to do is have strong passwords and turn on two-factor authentication. Right, that's the best thing they can do to keep their account safe from being hacked. From and and you know, in terms of uh, hacking, you know, the, uh, during this period, electoral periods, there's a lot of phishing attempts. There's a lot of hacking attempts, but two-factor authentication is one of the key things that can really um, prevent uh, the hacking. And uh, at least for politician-wise, you know, that people, candidates out there, uh, you know, as much as we can, we're trying to verify, you know, uh, candidates and their authentic presences. So it was a blue tick. 
Um, and you know, if, if there are candidates that you know of that are listening to this that aren't verified yet, get onto or just Google Facebook verification. There should be a help link where there's a form there, you know, fill in the form and, you know, hopefully we can get to you uh, ASAP and, and get your pages uh, verified. So um, we're trying to make sure people know who's a credible source of information. Got yeah. that. Thank you. Um, one more thing, uh, Sir Roy, how does Meta work with the government to ensure online safety for the users? Yeah. So, um, you know, online safety, I think there are a few key things that we have done. Uh, I think we one of the key things is that we've worked with Kamala, you know, to do some trainings, first of all, with political parties, with uh, female politicians, female uh, uh, stakeholders. Uh, and then, you know, for the greater public at large, we've also worked with uh, Department of ICT, uh, the National Privacy Commission. We've rolled out uh, you know, our, our digital literacy program, Digital Tayo. So this is a great program that, you know, has different modules. And, and some of the key things that, that uh, apart from online safety, but it, it trains people to maybe think before you share uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, understand what their digital self means, right? So it's not just about sharing Tom, Dick, or Harry, everything thing online, but be, be judicious, be careful. And uh, I think to date, you know, we have done this in the past few years in the lead up to this elections because we know it was key. I think to date we have trained, you know, over 400,000 Filipinos, uh, reached over 6.5 million users with webinars uh, and, e- and online learning resources. So apart from the physical people that we train, 400K, that's like, you know, 6.5 million across. And we, you know, we try to, of course, uh, do more outreach. And, and, and if partners want to work with us, we, we're more than happy to, to see how we can uh, continue pushing uh, this digital literacy. Yeah. And we need to keep doing it <sighs> with podcasts and, you know, platforms such as this. It, it needs to reach um, more people. Um, uh, you know, digital literacy is something that we throw out so loosely, and it's it's so important. More so nowadays that we're re- we're really seeing the effects, um, on on the public. Now, Roy, <laughs> this is a general question, also a very personal one. What are the criteria that gets an account banned or taken down, especially in the context of an upcoming election? Like you said, um, apparently mass reporting is not <laughs> is not a thing. <laughs> uh, so. What? Just one time they report it and that's it? Is there, isn't there a faster, easier way? So we, so we have uh, what we call our community standards, right? Um, basically, it's our policies which outline what is and isn't allowed on, on Facebook. Um, and, you know, if, if content is found to be against our policies, we remove it as soon as we're aware of it, right? So that's why we encourage people to, vo- uh, to report. And, um, you know, we, we also do take stronger actions during electoral periods. So, for example, voter inf- interference or misinformation surrounding uh, elections. So, for example, people are giving out information of the wrong date or the wrong place to vote or the wrong information, voting information. So these are things which are very clear cut, uh, reported to us. We find it, we'll take it down. Um, but, you know, and... The community standards oversee a whole bunch of policies, right? So anything from hate speech to terrorism to child pornography to bullying. And it con- it's continually updated. You know, every two weeks, there's elements of, of uh, the community standards that are continually being updated, uh, you know, after discussions with folks on the ground, with subject matter experts, academia. So it's not something that remains static as well, right? And especially when you think about um, certain words, maybe in certain countries, you know, we do take into account, you know, the, the slang, the lingo and all that. So, yes, um, if you violate our community standards, you get taken down. All right. And if you don't, then we leave it up. And so, um, yeah, 
so that's that's how we kind of manage. Okay, got it. Thank you. All right. Well, some Facebook users don't know how to use the available safety tools that Roy has just mentioned. Um, you know, even I am also just, you know, trying to do my investigative work. And apparently that's not enough. And that's not even actually really true. Whoops. Um, you know, but we need these safety tools to help keep our accounts safe and private. And let's discuss some more of these safety tips um, to keep their accounts safe and secure. Um now, I mentioned a little bit earlier that this just happened to me very recently. Um, in fact, just like a couple of weeks ago, somebody used my account, used my photos, even my info, um, and pretended to be me and have fake conversations and even messaged some of my friends. Now, how what can Facebook users do to avoid hacking uh, apart from two-step uh, um, verification and impersonations online. So impersonations, uh, I mean, one of the key things we definitely recommend is to use the online reporting tools. So I don't know whether mm-hmm. you, you, you tried that, but because uh, especially if you yourself are being impersonated, when you actually report and uh, mention that you are, you are being impersonated, you know, you can actually uh, link your actual profile. And so we'll review your profile against someone that's impersonating. So it's, it's easier, right? So any information you give to us, it's easier for us to review it against authentic uh, source. So yeah, that, that helps uh, using an online uh, reporting tool. I agree. Um, I mean, I did report it and in a couple of weeks it was gone. It was taken down. So thank you so much for that. But not, again, not a lot of people know that. So, but what are the best practices for Facebook users when they encounter hacking, impersonation and cyberbullying? Report. Report, report, report. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's the best. To prevent hacking, two-factor authentication. Got it. We'll keep repeating it throughout the episode, so it'll stick. Okay, this next question. For both Lisa and Roy, let's start with Miss Lisa first. Generally, how do we use social media responsibly? Treat everybody with respect, uh, whether it's online or offline. That's what we always say, but yeah. It's more, it's easier said than done because we know that in, in social media, you said that there are account impersonations, your, your account can be hacked, etc. And, and before I continue, I would just like to add, change your passwords. That ve- that's very basic, um, strong uh, and, and alphanumeric passwords. Change them regularly. That, that helps as well. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, I, I think that's how... how you use it um, responsibly in the same way that you want to be treated with respect in, in all aspects of your life, then do that to others as well. I see. I completely agree. We just need to be kinder on social media, please. It's a beautiful place. Why are we making it so toxic? Um, but okay, in terms of like, you know, we're all entitled to our own opinions, right? There are a lot of people who want to share their um, their thoughts and their feelings online, and they want to be able to join in on the discussions. What is the most engagement that one should do in terms of hmm, heated discussions online, and where do they draw the line? When should one stop? Well, heated discussions would, of course, would crop up, especially if there are some contentious issues, issues that you're really you know, passionate about. Uh, it can be from something like, uh, which is the best mango in the world? No, where is it produced? Something like that. Of course, if it's something that, if, if you have the facts, if then it's easy to correct people. Of course, you'd want to correct. But, but then some people can really, you, you know, they just want to annoy you. 
Um, they even give you um, sources which are not verified. Um, and sometimes they can be, you know, uh, what, uh, if they think that they're not winning, you know, some would even resort to cursing you, threatening you. And when those things happen, maybe you should stop already. Report them to Facebook that this person is behaving this way. Uh, if it's a troll, then yeah, don't waste your any energy on them. They, uh, they, they can be draining, you know, um, um, uh, debating with people who won't change their mind, who would just keep on annoying you. And, and as you said earlier, Kara, we have to uh, take care of our health, our mental health especially. I couldn't sleep when that happened to me. <laughs> I speak from personal experience. I think it's about it's about knowing how to discern and, and checking out, right? And knowing when to check out uh, out of conversation, right? It's, it's, um, it's like you need to be able to take a moment, take a pause if there's a heated discussion and ask yourself, do you, do you still want to engage in a person like that who's not being constructive? And, you know, you don't need to win. It's, it's the online space, you know, no one's going to care in that sense. Um, and so I think it's important to know when to check out, know when to pause, uh, but also have empathy, right, about where that person is coming from. Because depending on on, on their, you know, state of, of events and, and where they're coming from, like they, their view may be totally different because they had a different life. All right. They, you know, they grew up differently. Um, and so having an open mind, you know, treat, treating everyone's opinion as important as yours, I think that's important. Right? I know it's easy to say, but I think that's important to, to kind of push the point. Right? It's all about taking a pause, thinking about other person and knowing when to check out. I think that's important. Exactly. Just saying your piece. And then respecting what the other person has to say as well, because you're right. I mean, we each have our own stories, our own experiences. Like, for example, my family, you know, my one side of the family had these experiences at one certain point in time. That's why they're for this political candidate. And the other side of my family had their own experiences. Both are true, but those are their truths, very different truths. Right. So that you just come on, guys, <laughs> let's just all be kinder to each other. Um Okay, uh, for the last part of our conversation, um, ooh, that was fast. Uh, we'll talk about ads. Oh, before I get to that, I actually have a follow-up question. So engaging in, these con- in those conversations, um, especially the fake um, posts, for example, um, we need to stop that, right? Because the more we engage, the more um, reach the post will get. Is, is, that, is that a truth? Is that an actual thing on Facebook, Sir Roy? Well, yeah, I think to, to a certain extent, yes. So, um, and especially if you if you know that that particular post or information is fake, you don't want to reshare it, you don't want to like it, you don't want to you know engage upon it. Um, so just move on, ignore it. Uh, that's that's. I mean, you may want. I mean, some people do just put a liner. This is fake. But you know, if there's a lot of people doing that, you don't need to add to it. Just let it go and and, and move on. Right. Got it. Okay. Um. Going back to uh, our conversation, uh, this part about the ads, can the election candidates post their political advertisements on Facebook and Instagram? So, um, yes, they can. So they can, you know, we do allow candidates to post ads. And I think this brings me back to, you know, the topic on transparency, right? So, uh, you know, we have what we call uh, a transparency tool on ads about elections, politics, and um, social issues. So what happens is that, uh, this tool requires anyone that's post- posting electoral uh, elections, social issue ads to get themselves authorized, first of all. So what it means is that you have, first of all, have to be based in the Philippines, right? So it prevents, you know, potential foreign interference in that sense. Uh, you have to be based in the, in the Philippines. 
uh, get authorized by showing an ID, uh, identify you know that you are actually living in the Philippines. Once you're authorized, then you can create a disclaimer, a disclaimer that tells people who is paying for this ad, right? Not only just who is paying for this ad, but how can they reach out to this person paying for the ad? And so all these details in the disclaimer is actually going to be transparent. So when you place an electoral ad or, 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 or political ad, you have to use the disclaimer. So you can do a checkbox and all these ads, which are political or, or electoral in nature, they go into what we call an ad library, right? So we have an ad library uh, and that ad library will archive all these ads for a period of up to seven years. Uh, and it's very simple, facebook.com slash ads slash library. Uh, and then, you know, you'll be able to see all these political ads. So you're able to see which pages are, are, are placing such ads, which candidates, you know, which parties, and that's all transparent for all to see. And you can click on the ads. You can see the basic spend, the basic demographic targeting, uh, and you can see who is paying for this ad. And, um, and so if you don't, if you don't get yourself authorized, you don't have a disclaimer, you can't place uh, such ads on the platform. So, so yeah, that's, that's our effort uh, to try to be transparent uh, in what's going on on the platform. That's great. I've been seeing a lot of that as well. Like this ad is paid for or paid by. Okay. All right. Uh, what are the limitations in political advertising? Well, um, I guess limitations in, 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 at least in the past few months, we have actually uh, removed a lot of uh, targeting categories that people can use. So we want to make sure that people are on a more even playing field. Uh, that, you know, a lot of these targeting may be perceived as sensitive. We are talking about health, race, ethnicity, political affiliation. So we've removed these things. And, um, uh, you know, we want to make sure that uh, you're able to place ads uh, which do not target into such fine details, right? So it's above board. Uh, in addition, you know, ads have to follow our community standards as well. So I talked about community standards earlier. They have to follow community standards. Uh, and if they have been fact-checked as being false by fact-checkers, you can't place ads on those posts as well. Uh, so you can't boost it. You can't place ads on it. And, and so these are some of the limitations that we have uh, that hopefully, you know, has more rigor into the type of ads that come out on the platform. Right. Got it. Okay. I've been seeing this... Um, uh this uh, 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 meme going around or a TikTok, maybe uh, just a short, uh, short form video where um, the girl goes towards the phone and goes um, cars, um, self-help, but try to change the algorithm of, of this guy, of the, the phone of this guy that she's dating, <laughs> like, Oh, um, a beautiful dresses shopping, um, you know, because there's a joke, right? Like your phone can hear you. So how can Facebook users take control of the ads in relation to that? How can Facebook users take control of the ads yeah, that so, they see uh, I mean, both the phone on thing Facebook and on Instagram? Uh, but uh, every ad um, that, you, that people see right on the platform, they can actually uh, click and, and there's a button there and click to see more about why you're getting these ads. Right. And so basically, uh, you know, the, the, the is actually why you are seeing this ad. So, you know, the dot, 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 you click on that and you'll, you'll see why are you seeing this ad? And we'll tell you, is it because you've been targeted in a certain age range because of your location? Uh, and so we'll tell you how the ad advertisers are targeting you. And you can choose to see less of this particular type of ads, uh, or less ads from this advertiser. Uh, in addition, if you go to your Facebook profile settings, uh, there's this, 
ad preferences that you can go to. So your uh, settings and ads, uh, and under there, you'll be able to see like the different topical areas that you can manage. So you can see less of, let's say, alcohol, see less of pets, see less of social issues, elections and politics. Um, and also you can look at ad settings, right? Where you can customize the kind of data that people use to target you. So location-based, audience-based advertising, you can turn it off and on. So there's actually a lot more rigor and, and tools that you can use to prevent yourself from, from being targeted. Uh, so settings uh, and ads, that's, that's where you want to go to. Settings and ads. Guys, I am taking down notes. I hope you are too. <laughs> um, all right, this is both for Ms. Lisa and Sir Roy, but let me start with Ms. Lisa. What information should we look at to evaluate the Facebook group's or political pages that we engage with. It's, it's like checking as well the the authenticity of this um, of, of uh, certain Facebook accounts, if it, even if it's a page. And yeah, uh, the thing is that you follow a certain page because uh, you some you 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 believe in the same um, advocacy that they have. But sometimes it's also okay to follow certain pages even if they run counter to what you believe in just to check out why uh, they are saying that. Uh, it's just that, you know, um, well, this page is, uh, the things that I, I think Roy mentioned this earlier, um, sometimes you're following a page, a non-political page, and all of a sudden they become a political page. And I think that has happened a lot on Facebook. Uh, I know it has been reported, but I don't know if they have been taken down. So that, that that's one. I, I think we should uh, look into those things. And if you think that the page is no longer healthy for you, then get out of that page. No? Yeah, some people even post on Marketplace. It's so funny. <laughs> and some people engage like, how much is this candidate used or brand new? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, Roy, anything else to add? Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of it I mentioned earlier before about looking at the transparency section of, of both the page and the groups as well. And um, yeah, things like the change, uh, page name changes, the merging. Uh, I mean, those are really good signs to kind of deduce whether this page is, you know, is is trying to play with your feelings or not in that sense, right? And, um, and hopefully, yeah, peop- more people... Uh, will become savvier about kind of uh, looking and checking their sources uh, because it's not just it's not just about you know being discerning it's also checking right checking the sources and and the the people behind the sources and and we give quite a lot of information uh, on on the pages um, so hopefully yes people do that and uh, they learn uh, from listening to this podcast thank you so much for that so uh, apart from all those things um, of course very real things that people should learn about and people should be aware of and start doing right now is to check your privacy settings check, if, if you want to fact check you look at the the account settings the transparency and all that if you are a political candidate make sure that your page is verified um, you know all those things we've we've taken note of Aren't there any secret things, Roy, that you're you're willing to spill? <laughs> Maybe you know, <laughs> just between the three of us here. Come on. Well, it won't no, be secret, we- <laughs> right? 
(laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's starting to get really annoying and really scary, actually, how it's become weaponized, how social media has been weaponized um, during election season, most especially. But I guess it's just, it all boils down to taking care of your mental health, taking a step back, taking a deep breath, learning how to deal with it, learning how to be a kinder human being online, and just stick to your truth. If you want to fight for it, fight for it a little bit, but not to a point where you will assault um, somebody online. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there, there are, those are things that people can do externally, right? I mean, there are a lot of other things that we're doing internally as well um, to hopefully keep the election safe and and make it safer and, and hopefully, uh, you know, take down, you know, more of, of uh, pressing issues and, and pressing uh, or, 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 you know, disrupting harmful net- networks. So, um, you know, there are Filipino speakers uh, that we have uh, that's trained to proactively detect and remove hate speech, uh, bullying, harassment, and all that. Uh, we have, uh, you know, coming closer to elections, which is, I know, in, in a month's time, we will have what we call our Elections Operations Center. Um, so that's, that's where we bring together a whole bunch of uh, experts across the company uh, to monitor closely, right? Because we know closer to elections, a lot of things start changing and people start, you know, maybe pushing uh, the barriers and um, and that's when you know a lot of us you know will be looking at things in real time and uh, potentially uh, acting on, on on certain threats. Uh, and you know, like I mentioned as well, we have we have taken down a lot of harmful networks, um, and we continue to do that. So, uh, you know, together working with our fact checking partners as well to kind of fact check um, you, know, you know content. We, we are trying. We are doing stuff uh, at the back end. And so hopefully all that helps to make it uh, a better experience for people on the platform, both on Facebook uh, and Instagram. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not just things that people can do externally, but there are things that we're doing on the back end as well. Thank you so much for for um, that comforting statement. At least, you know, people know, people need to know that you are doing a lot um, to help keep, um, you know, people safe during elections online, on social media. Um, Miss Lisa, do you have any uh, anything else? Any last online safety advice for our listeners? Okay, before I do that, I would l- just like to say kudos to our social media uh, platforms, to the companies, because they really have done uh, I think they're doing something for the Philippine elections in in fairness to them uh, they have constantly been you know reviewing their policies making changes and making uh, additional efforts like what Roy said uh, this um, coming up with uh, discussions uh, trainings for for the COMELEC for for other um, uh, segments of the population for this election coming up with information information that would be helpful to voters. So let's keep that up until uh, uh, after we have voted because a lot of things will still be happening, you know, and we, we have to be vigilant. So I won't mention about online safety tips because I think we've covered that already and and yeah, Kara already, you know, summarized what we should do. You, know? you did that well. But but what I would just like to mention is that, you know, elections are part of the democratic process. And, you know, we only get to elect our president and vice president every six years. So let's make the most of it. Let's participate and let's vote wisely. Let's think of our future, the future of this country, the future of the next generation. So let's vote for candidates who can best serve our interests and those who 
would fight for our rights as human beings. Very well said. Standing ovation, Miss Lisa. Thank you very much. But thank you also for for um, for saying that uh, first. The first thing that you said is that, you know, um, Facebook and Meta are doing such a great job. And I just, I want that energy to be spread on social media. So can we all, listeners and our guests alike, can we please do a virtual hug <laughs> to Meta, to Roy, to Sir Roy as the representative for Meta? Because you guys are, I cannot even imagine how how much work and stress you are all under uh, right now. But you guys are, yes, doing a great job. Thank you so much for being on top of it. And we just need to let more people know about what it is that you're doing and how they can take control of their own um, social media platforms as well to keep themselves safe. Um, all right. Is there anything else that you would like, uh, Miss Lisa, first, anything else you would like to announce um, in behalf of your organization? Yes. Uh, this April, we're also doing our part, doing some voter education. We'll have some discussions on uh, the digital rights agenda. Uh, we'll have a discussion with the youth this April 22nd and on the 29th uh, with uh, women's groups. Got it. Thank you so much. So they can just check it out on our social media accounts and also on our website. Yes. Would you like to announce your social media accounts and website, please? Okay. We are, of course, on Facebook. We're on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok as well. You know, you have to be there where... The, the public is, you know, where the young people are. <laughs> Just search for Foundation for Media Alternatives. And then you can also check out our website, www.fma.ph. We have published uh, briefing papers and researches on our website as well. Thank you so much, Miss Lisa. Sir Roy Tan, would you like to say anything else as well? Something that our, our social media users can hold on to? Yeah, I mean... And by our social media users, I mean myself. <laughs> so, th- thanks for the opportunity. And, you know, we, I think at Facebook, we do acknowledge, uh, and Meta, we do acknowledge the, um, the scale at which people are using our platforms in, in the Philippines. Um, so just want to kind of, you know, ensure that everyone knows that, uh, like you said, there are people, uh, a lot of people at, at Facebook, uh, doing their best, uh, in the Philippine elections. Do encourage everyone. Uh, to do your privacy checkup, right? Facebook.com slash privacy. Go uh, do your turn on two factor, have strong passwords. Uh, but at the same time, at the end of the day, when you're surfing online, just be discerning. Uh, remember to always take a step back if it's getting too heated um, and learn, learn and know when to check out, right? Because you can always check back in later. So check out first and check back in later. Um, and, and that's the way to go. I love that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Roy Tan and Miss Lisa from FMA. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your insights, for sharing your expertise with us today on this episode. This is our sixth episode, actually. So we are very, very grateful for you. Thank you so much for being here. And hopefully this coming 2022 election makes us more hopeful for a brighter future. But that starts with you shading someone on your ballot. Catch you guys on the next episode. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.